Welcome to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number three, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today, I'm chatting with Katherine Johnson, also known as BGKJ on Instagram. She's an expert at carry-on packing and can't pass up a sunny spot on the beach. She's the director of marketing and partnerships for a company called Startup Fest and splits her time between Calgary and Montreal when she's not exploring the rest of the world. For everyone who has a million questions about growing an Instagram and handling brand collaborations, Catherine is your girl. If you like this episode, show your love by rating and reviewing my podcast. Also take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me and Catherine to show you're listening. Let's jump right into it. You're going to love this one. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to Poolside Podcast. I'm so pumped to have you on here. Thank you, Rachel. First of all, I love the name Poolside Podcast. Thanks. Yeah, it's a, I don't know if you know, I don't promote it, but like my agency, my my business is called Poolside Digital. Yes. yes. Okay, which I love. So what it's like the extension. So like next time, maybe in like a year, we'll be at a pool recording the podcast. We'll be like, that's the goal. Sold. Manifesting through my name what this podcast is. A hundred percent. As BGKJ, I personally True. am a big proponent of that. Perfect. <laughs> we'll find a pool next to a beach. I'm in. Done. Sold. <laughs> Everyone stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs> okay, let's start I guess like how we met. I remember Chris, my boyfriend, met you, I don't know if it was like five or six years ago. Oh, and he oh, came yeah. home and he was just like this girl has the coolest job. You need to follow her. You need to get hired by whatever company she works for. So funny. And so that was when I started following you. And I followed, uh, what's the company called? Startup? Startup Fest. Startup Fest. And I was like, Crazy. how do I become employed? I was like, maybe if I just follow her, I can somehow figure That's it out. That's so funny. So before we get into like the Instagram influencer part, which I know everybody probably has more questions about. Yeah. We all have real jobs. So yeah. let's talk about what you actually do for work. Okay. Well, first of all, I, that's so funny that Chris did. I love Chris. Your boyfriend is so yeah. nice. I haven't seen him in probably six years, but he is an angel. Um, yeah, so I, I feel super fortunate. Actually, I am the director of marketing and strategic partnerships for a company called Startup Fest. Um, it's actually the name of a big event we run, and it's Canada's biggest tech conference. Um, and then we launched a second event uh, in partnership with the CIO of Canada called Forward 50, and it's about transforming digital government. So we work with kind of the biggest tech companies, and we bring them together with uh, government from all over the world really and try to teach them how to be more innovative every department from the CRA to mobility and transportation Um, so we kind of run two big events in November and in July and so that's kind of what I do full-time I started that um, in the summers when I was in university as kind of my like summer gig and then it really grew um, and I kind of grew with it we started running um elevator pitch competitions in cities around the world and we give 100 grand to the best startup in the most impressive towers Um, and when I was still in university I didn't want to miss going on the trips so I kind of tried to do like a lot of my courses online I sat down with my professors and I was like I need to go when we're going places Um, yeah so we've done the Eiffel Tower we've done the Azraeli Towers in Tel Aviv we did the ICC in Hong Kong Um, yeah it's it's been amazing and I get to work with just like outstanding tech companies and, you know, founders of ones that have become really successful to people who have an idea and are trying to figure out how to make the leap from their day job to pursuing their dreams. So it's really inspiring to me. And I think that that sort of has like transpired into sharing my life a little bit more through social, I would say. Right. Wow. That's cool. I actually didn't know 
that you because that, is that how you got into like traveling a lot or have you always traveled yeah well actually kind of like a fun fact is my mom um was a flight attendant and so she retired and like we still have flight passes because she flew with Air Canada yeah. yeah so when I'm not traveling for work I have flight passes so that's why I kind of try to be gone as much as I can um and then my boyfriend I just like to drag him along and we'll just go on trips and stuff so (laughs) that's sort of partly like I do get to travel quite a bit for work um I work back and forth in Montreal uh but yeah I just kind of love to like do little getaways when I can slot them in so I would say it's sort of a, a counterpart and it's funny because a lot of people I would say don't know what I do like even some of my best friends if they had to like describe specifically what my job is they'd probably struggle because sometimes I do like if someone's like what do you do like today what are you doing today I'd be like that's an interesting question (laughs) you're like I don't know well (laughs) yeah like today I mean it's you know it's always a mixed bag for sure right so what is like a typical day look like so a typical day like here and you spend a lot of time in Montreal right yeah so for me, um, I'm usually in Montreal, definitely like in the three months leading up to any of our events, I'm in Montreal almost full time, like sort of Monday to Friday. Um, we have a, a cool loft in Westmount in Montreal, which is amazing. And then I work with my team. We're a team of about five. So I manage all of our marketing efforts. So all of our social channels, um, any of our outreach to partners, any of our campaigns, paid advertising, you name it. Um, and then I also manage all of our like sponsorships and biz devs. So right now, our, the project we're running in Ottawa, we're working with like Salesforce, Sam Samsung, CGI. I work with them to bring in the money and then I kind of liaise with them from everything from like how their branding's presented on site to how they're promoting us to, you know, making sure that their objectives are met. So um, when I'm in Montreal, I'm usually at my office and there's a lot more sort of collaborative work. And then when I'm at home, I work from home, which anyone who's done that knows that it can be a little bit difficult. Yes. Um, so I work on Eastern time. My computer is set on Eastern time all the time. And I typically work like seven to three. So I try and like structure my days. I'll do like calls and meetings 7 a.m. to like 9.30 because it's my like reason to really get up and like go. And then I'll just kind of like break my days down into tasks and be like, okay, I'm going to do this for two hours. I'm going to like build our media plan for the next two weeks. I'm going to write out all the campaigns we're going to do in MailChimp. Um, And then I'm going to take like a lunch break. My day is really structured around food actually, to be honest, I would say. That's great. (laughs) Yes. So I would say my day revolves around food when I'm at home. And a little bit around food in Montreal. <laughs> do you cook when you're in Montreal or do you just eat out? Because I can imagine there's a lot of great restaurants. Eat, we eat out a lot. I'm not going to lie. I have I like have an apartment with one of the girls that I work with. I have a room in her apartment when I'm there. Um, and so I literally get no break from work. Like I live and work at right. work there. <laughs> so sometimes we'll cook. But usually when I'm there, it's we're leading up to an event and we're doing like 10, 11 hour office days. So we just like... We've exhausted all the options around us. Like, I skip the dishes all the time. <laughs> like, all the time. It's not good for my bod. Right. It's not good. For- <laughs> I mean, at least no- it's not all the time. So it's like... Yeah, I sort of go through waves. Yeah. yeah, I wave, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. And so how has, like... I don't know if we should talk about... How has, like, your work helped grow your own personal brand? Yeah. And then how did you really get into... Instagram and like becoming an influencer tell me like the journey of that yeah so um kind of a funny story for me like I had always had Instagram actually that's like what I always laugh about my Instagram handle because whenever someone's like oh what's your Instagram and I have to say it out loud I'm like mortified oh, same. at the name same. I'm like oh my god <laughs> but I made it when I was like I don't even know 15 whenever yeah I think so um and I just like 
beachy was always kind of like the vibe I wanted to emulate. I was just all about that. Like I was right. like super like laid back. I love the water. I love to swim. I like grew up at our cabin out in Shushwap. Like it was just very about that. So I was like, oh, like beachy KJ. Thought it was a photo editing tool. I swear. <laughs> and then um, about two, maybe three years ago, like this Christmas, I was in London with one of my girlfriends um, and I had posted this photo in front of a wall that was like a pretty regular photo. I think at the time I had like 1200 followers, just kind of like a, a normal Instagram of the personal people, you know? Um, and it, I started growing. I, I was getting like hundreds of followers over the week and I couldn't figure out why. Um, so I like reverse image searched my photo and it had been posted on this guy's Tumblr and it oh, had tagged to me. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And so I had kind of grown like maybe about like 600 followers sort of over the course of like two weeks and like engaged travel people right like real um, people. and I had posted a lot of like London stuff and people would say like oh like what's your favorite restaurant like what do you like to do when you're in London um just because I would go quite a bit to visit my girlfriend who was living there and so I started I was like you know what? maybe I should do like a city guide or something like I should do city guides because that's what I like to do so I kind of thought about that for a while and then I really just started using like hashtags on my photos I was like well I'm just gonna like start putting a hashtag right. up there <laughs> and just engaging with people more like I feel like when you have a personal Instagram, you would, like, never want to like someone's photo you didn't know because you feel like a creep. But as soon as you're like, oh, well, I can engage with other like-minded people, your perspective kind of changes. And you're like, no, it's not weird. It's supporting. Like, I'm supporting them. Right. Um, So I think it just kind of grew sort of pretty naturally from there. And then because I got to travel with work, I would kind of share those opportunities. And so I would get to be in cool cities and... Um, obviously that helps with your content a little bit. And then my boyfriend had kind of been like, you should like, let's do a website for you. And he's a web designer, which was very handy for that. (laughs) So he was like, we'll just build you something like kind of simple. I sort of sat on it for a while and tried to like load a few city guides. And then a few months later, I was like, okay, I'm just going to put it out there, put it into the world. And so it was pretty organic for me. I would say I never like consciously was like, I want to be an Instagrammer. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Which I feel like is... I mean, we're not old, and we haven't been doing it forever, but I feel like now when people start, they're like, I'm going to be It's a conscious influencer. decision. It yeah. feels. Yeah. I went for coffee, actually, with a girl who was just graduating high school, and she was like, I wanted to be a blogger. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. I was like, in high school? You? I was like, was that a job It prospect? wasn't an opportunity for me, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. It was, yeah. like, it was a weird like thing that she thought that you could just, like, that is your job. Like, yeah. you graduate high school, and you're going to be a blogger. I was like... Well, you let me know how you let do me know that. how that goes. And what's yeah. crazy is like you really can be you can like you yeah. you can be one, but it's just you know it's hard work. Yeah. I think people just see people like travel in her shoes and you know Ziba life. Or, oh, there's all these outstanding women and men doing it, but and they have these incredibly glamorous lives. Yes, and you're just like, yeah, I want to be her. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't and especially don't when it's travel because. You have to pay for that. Like, you don't start off with people just being like, here, we're going to take you to Dubai and, like, pay for everything and it's going to be great. Like, you have to pay for your flights. And, like, lucky for you that you have, like, a cheaper Uh, flight. But A hundred percent. I mean, it's still, I always, like, my friends will tease me. But, like, when I travel with Ryan and stuff, I don't use my passes. We fly totally normally. Like, we go, like, normal people. And (laughs) it's expensive to travel. Like, it just is. And that's where I choose to put my money. Um, You know, could I maybe have saved all of that and be like, I'm going to put a down payment on a home by the time I'm 25? Yeah. But like, right. <laughs> you know, you kind of, that's where I choose to put my money and like to, but it is expensive. And I think it sort of disillusions people to being like, oh, like we can all do that. 
you gotta like we have day jobs grinding in the background so yes. that I can be like okay I'm gonna put down a few thousand dollars and go do this trip totally. and then stockpile my photos <laughs> exactly because then you take advantage of being on these trips so people that totally. have are going on vacation you just have to take the time to like create the content which does take time like especially if you're with your boyfriend or someone who's yeah. not into Instagram it yeah. can be like a hassle for everybody yeah but then if that's what you want to do then you have to do it Totally. And what's interesting to me and what I always try and like stay true to myself on is I know a a lot of girls that are really successful travel bloggers, a few that I've met in Montreal who are amazing and they travel to take content to grow their Instagram. And I have always, I love to travel. I love to, you know, experience different cultures and food. And like, I just, you know, you get such a high being in, in these different environments and you learn so much about the world that I always try and keep the perspective of like, I want to live my life and do the things I want to do and just share it along the way as opposed to create the moments just for the photo. Totally. And I think that we can all kind of get off track sometimes. Like I definitely have been guilty of being like, well, I gotta go here because I need the gram. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's important and you, people can feel that you're more authentic when it's just like, no, this is my life and this is what I'm really doing. Yeah. These are my real clothes. I actually wore these today. (laughs) I actually wore these today and we really went here and, you know, I authentically captured this moment. Like, yeah, maybe we took, you know, eight shots and I picked this one, Yeah, but it was a part of my day. Um, as opposed to sort of creating this false atmosphere, which, and I think that that's a balance that can be hard to find, right? Because sometimes our everyday lives aren't super glamorous. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm not going to take a photo, like, sitting in my bed working because, like, no, nobody really wants to see that. Yeah. Like, I definitely don't story as much when I'm working from home. It's like I've got a high ponytail and no makeup and I'm just drinking some tea. Yeah. Like, it's not that interesting. And it's every day. Like, you're like, this is what I do every this, day. This is my life. Yeah. yeah. Like, I am not in Barcelona today. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was, but not today. <laughs> yeah, it's such an interesting industry to be in. Totally. So how would you define influencer? And what would you tell people who are like, want to become an influencer? So like, to me, an influencer is someone who you respect their opinion and you're, you know, interested in what they do and what they do, you know, inspires you in some way. So I, I believe their opinion. And I think that we all have people that influence and inspire us and it's it is can be completely separate of social media I would say you know what I mean there's just people in our lives who are kind of doing their own thing that you respect and you're like they influence me so I think that's really how I would define the term um and what I would say to anyone is be authentic to yourself because people can really see through it and we all have moments where it's like you know maybe this brand isn't my favorite brand in the world but I'm gonna try and back it because this is good money like not gonna lie but I always try and use the rule of thumb of like if I wouldn't buy this myself with my own money it's probably not something that I should be promoting and I think that even though sometimes it's like shoot I really would have loved that money it's it will pay off in the long run to just be authentic to yourself because people can tell and then when you are sharing something you're passionate about I think people are more interested in wanting to hear about it because it feels like I can believe you right totally agree with that so when you because obviously we've monetized our platforms yes um do you remember like the first time that people someone offered you money to like promote 
something yeah. like I remember when I got an email and it was just like we're gonna pay you this much money and this is the contract I was like wait what yeah wait what is happening I was like you can get paid to do this right I'm trying to think what the I remember like the first when you start getting sort of exchange of services like offers for watches and right. stuff and even at that point I was like oh my god Ryan someone offered me a watch like <laughs> so exciting um yeah and I think like one of the first companies that I worked with was L'Oreal actually I'd have to go back and look and then I remember getting like my first sort of big big campaign um when I worked with Sky Canada oh right Is yeah that where you went to I went to San Francisco, San Francisco and sort of I worked with them all summer and it was such a fun partnership because um you know I wanted to make sure I could find the balance between promoting alcohol yeah. but I mean at the time I was 24 20 yeah and like of course I do I do personally drink and on the weekends or I go out with my girlfriends for wine like it's something that I'm totally comfortable with right you know and it's it's just a part of sort of this demographic and so it was super exciting and I was like oh my gosh this is amazing (laughs) like somebody wants to pay me to do something um so I do remember I think that those like (laughs) I need to look back now and figure out what my first one was I have a worst memory. I think it was L'Oreal. Yeah. What if it was like a few years ago and like they kind of all just... They kind of blend, blend together, together after a while. Yeah. yeah. You're like, what was a real campaign and what was like one that I was just pretending was a campaign? You yeah. Know? But like, really I bought it myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and what would you say uh, when people want to like collaborate with brands, how do people like reach out to them? Like I'm sure you get a lot of people now that reach out to you, but yeah. when you first started, when you had to reach out to people, what's your advice? That's a really good question. I've never been super, super comfortable reaching out to people um, only because I think that I have a lot of like humility just around how large I am in the scope of how many large bloggers there are in the world. I feel very small. Um, I would just say like be very authentic, be very transparent about what your numbers are and I think like my number one tip would be be direct in your ask there's nothing that people dislike more than when someone kind of beats around the bush on what they want like be very direct say this is what I would like to offer you in exchange for xyz um and I think that that's how you'll get the furthest and definitely like make sure that you can align yourself with the brand in some way like for me to reach out to you know, a, a company that if they look at my feed, they're like, well, you've nothing to do with us. Like be selective because a brand will see right through you and personalize your emails. I would say, yes, do a little find bit of research, name. find a name, write one sentence about why you like the company, like personalize it. Cause someone can tell if you've just sent this like cover yeah, template, like copy and paste hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what has been your favorite collaboration? Was it the sky one or have you had another my favorite collaboration? Um, I think actually my favorite might have been 602. So they're a shoe store from the States. They're actually owned by Foot Locker. Okay. Um, and they had reached out to me um, and they wanted to do one pair of sneakers worn six different ways. So we took all of like the clothing they had. I got to pick the outfits and style this one pair of sneakers for six different days, like going to the office, going out. And it was fun because it just felt very on brand for me. It felt really authentic. Right. So I think that that one was probably my favorite um, I love the Sky one because I got to go to San Francisco right. and, you know, they were just a fantastic brand to work with. There's some brands that you really connect with and give you the freedom to do what you want to do. Um, like right now I'm actually working with LG, which is an awesome cool. collab. And, like they just kind of let you do what you want to do. And I think that right. those are the brands that it's fun to work with. Right. I know. I feel like because no one really 
not no one knows about influencer marketing, but I feel like we're all learning at the same time. Totally. And so when you get brands, there's like a fine line between like you're putting out an ad or you're hiring an influencer to be marketing. And I think brands like for the business owners that are listening, if you're reaching out to influencers, you have to let them have creative freedom because that's why you're hiring them in the first place because you looked at their feed and you liked it. And so you're just trusting them that they will promote it in the same way. Totally. Because I've had so many people email me and they're like, you have to like write this, like here's your caption. This is what the photo needs to look like. We need to approve it. And if we don't like it, you have to take it again. And I've had to retake photos. I'm like, well, this isn't even like, this isn't something I would post now. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting like industry that's growing as we're all figuring it out and I always laugh too when like I've definitely worked with brands that will make the type of comment of like they're just like they're just taking a photo like it's whatever and I'm like well if we're just taking a photo then take the photo yourself exactly you know what I have such respect for brands that are brave to sort of jump into this there's a lot of fake numbers and falsified stuff that happens and there's a lot of money that's definitely wasted um and so I respect brands that are like kind of doing their due diligence and really trying to get into the space but yeah, I think you have to, you can tell pretty quickly when someone's like difficult to work with or, yes. you know, and, and likewise for influencers. I think that if you have a bad attitude or, you know, are not timely on your deliverables, people don't want to work with you, you know, like be a nice person, be efficient, do what you say you will do. And then brands will work with you again. Exactly. It's like a business transaction. Like totally. we're a business, they're a business. So you just have to be professional about the whole thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, they like distracting me. <laughs> Um, oh, I was going to ask you about sneakers. So is that, because that's obviously part of your personal brand now. Yes. Sneakers. So was that something you liked before or is it now grown more because of Instagram or like they're just really cool photos? Good question. No. Um, so my brother was always really into sneakers when I was growing up. My brother's a pretty big sneaker head. Um, and then my boyfriend is as well. And so kind of through Quinn, I was always into sneakers Um, and then when I started dating Ryan, we've been together for like five and a half years now, I kind of got more and more into it and I didn't really share it on Instagram to be honest, because I didn't think that people, it didn't occur to me that there was like another community out there. Um, and then I kind of naturally started to, and now I would say I almost share about my sneakers less only because sometimes I'll get sidetracked with like travel or whatever. And if you look like I'm usually wearing them, um, yeah, I would say that my love for them has probably grown a bit. I actually got featured in this girl's um, sort of like thesis on women in sneakers. Cool. Um, yeah, in Toronto, I did a shoot with her and, and there were some amazing girls that were in it that were like writing for Hype Beast and like really wow. cool women. Yeah. Um, so it's introduced me to a community of sneakerheads that I didn't even really realize was out there. So it's, I would say it's definitely grown because I've met this like community and now I'll get to do things like build a custom shoe with like Jack the Ripper because we both just like love shoes. So yeah, I I think actually, I don't know why I sort of started in a different direction, but I I do think that it's grown just because when you meet so many people that are like, like-minded in that you're like oh that's so cool or I need yeah. these or like I'm inspired by what you're doing or that's a cool shot so right and become so much more like immersed in like yeah. the community totally you're building yeah that's awesome um tell me about your process for creating your photos and like if you get a collaboration or you have a product because I remember like obviously I follow you but before we even like knew each other I was just like being creepy I'd be like like look at your photos and I'm like her feet is so cohesive I was like how did she take these photos like who's taking them you know because it was so like colorful yeah. like it was very put together yes. before before that was I really started thing, yeah you know thank you um I I don't know like when I was growing up I always used to make like collages with magazines and stuff and like I've loved Pinterest from the day Pinterest was born like I yeah. just love 
I, I'm really visual. Um, and so for me, I like get a lot of inspiration from like magazines or like other shoots and I'll be like, oh, that's so cool. And I'll just kind of catalog them and, and think about them. Um, I don't have too, I try not to be too restrictive with my feed. I think some people make the mistake of being like, I can only, I must have 80% white balance at all times. Yes. And it's too hard like to fit that into your life. So I'm a firm believer of like, you know, don't, don't be too hard on yourself. Allow yourself to kind of fit within a broader box. For me, it's just all about like being really colorful. I know that I like one type, like feature color. I like my photos to be very crisp. There's certain colors I avoid. Like I really just don't like like reds and like too much green. Like they just don't speak to me, I would say. (laughs) So my process is kind of like when I get a collaboration, I'll usually go look at their feed and their brand and try and get a feel for like the look they try and go to. And then I'm like, okay, well, how can I incorporate this into my life? And I try and do a hybrid, I would say. Okay. And do you hire a photographer or do you hire Ryan as your photographer? Good question. (laughs) Um, I actually like thank goodness for all the amazing people that I like work with and stuff. Like if I'm traveling for work, literally the girls that I work with will just snap a photo for me. Like they know they're the photographers. But I'm very, I would say that like I really have a vision in my head of what I want it to look like. So I will like take, I'll make them stand where I want them to. I'll frame it and I'll be like, this is exactly what I want. I want this here. So that they literally just have to press the button. Right. And I do that (laughs) with my boyfriend too. Yeah. I'm just like, I have such a vision that I know I want created. And I'm just like, why are you cutting off my feet? Like right. my feet need to be in the photo, you know? So <laughs> yeah. um, I don't usually take my own photos. Like I know a lot of girls who are like tripod, do it solo. I have not, I've maybe done that once or twice, but I find it difficult to like do the process. Yes. I have not hired a photographer um, only because I'm fortunate enough to make the people I am with take my photos. But I think that there's like some amazing photographers. The only thing that I think can be difficult is um, most like content creators like to edit their own stuff and I like to edit my own stuff and usually photographers want to edit the way that they want to and I'll love their photos but that won't fit with my feed and so you have to find someone who's comfortable being like you know photo taken by Rachel edit done by Catherine um, and I think that you need to be transparent with that because I know that photographers hate when you edit their photos that they post-produced it's like very disrespectful yes because like that is their (laughs) because that's their craft yeah totally which totally makes sense but I've done that we used to like I would exchange services with photographers and they'd send them back and I'm like what am I supposed to do with these yeah they'd be like super dark or they'd be like they'd put like some green tint and I was just like I was like these are great yeah like I cannot totally them and I think that that's what's hard you need to find a photographer who understands that or either their style completely matches what you're going for which is amazing yes um or you just have to be like you know I need you to be the person who takes the photo and then I'm gonna post produce it yeah exactly well like (laughs) my mom takes a lot of my photos and she'll be like yeah but you put a filter on it anyways and I'm like Yes. I was like, I just need you to take a good photo, and then I'm going to put the Lightroom filter on it. And I'm going to fix it. And that's what's going to happen. That's how we do (laughs) it. That's exactly. I was like, it needs to fit on my feed. Exactly. So don't worry about the lighting. Just, like, use your eye. I was like, I just need your photo. Yeah. Just make the photo good. Ignore the lighting. We can fix it later. 100%. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And what would be your, like, top, like, three tips for people who want to create, like, a cohesive, nice-looking Instagram feed? Because even though stories are huge now... Or what is your opinion on putting that much effort into your feed now when yeah. stories are very prominent? I mean, in order to follow someone, unless you're just like going through and following a ton of people, you need to be on their profile to press the follow button. 
Um, and so to me, like, that's what's going to make me press follow if I'm on someone's feed. And I don't need it to be, you know, entirely perfect at all times. But I, I don't want to see, you know, one really like poor quality photo and then something great. It just, it doesn't make me excited to follow you. Um, I would say my tips are find either presets or build your own that you love or, you know, stick to a pretty consistent editing style. So for me, I know that I like to play with the um, luminance and the colors. I like to up the shadows. I like to increase the contrast. Like there's just things that I know that I'll do. Um, and I think that's the trick. The only thing that can be difficult with presets is um, they work based on, you know, the lighting and the, the sort of setting that you start with. And so if sometimes you shoot in really dark places and sometimes you're outside, they're not going to work on the same photo, you yes. know? So for me, I don't, I don't take photos at night. It doesn't work for me. I don't like that. Uh, so you have to kind of rule out things like that right. for consistency, I find. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and even like colors, because my the preset I use makes red go like a really weird color. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, this is actually red, but it looks kind of like faded ketchup yeah. in these photos. But totally. That's just what happens. Totally. And I would say that that's probably one of my biggest tips. Like I tell people all the time, there's some amazing girls that sell awesome presets too that I know in Montreal who are lovely Lisa Holmesy and Mel Vanderlui. Like they've created their own. They're awesome packs, and you can just like pop them on your photos. I think that when you get a little bit further into it, I think it's amazing to sort of, you know, you've learned from these presets, but try and then build your own and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And that's the point that I've gotten to where I'm like, okay, I see that these are the things I like to do. I'm going to try and customize it for, you know, even skin tones are so different. Oh yeah. You use someone else's, but they're super tanned. It's like, okay, well now I look orange. Exactly. Or even (laughs) if like you're tanned or not tanned, like you need to be able to adjust it so that you still have the same tonal values, but like you're you don't look like you got a really bad spray tan. 100%. And yeah. I think Lightroom is like a number one. I tell everyone, I'm like, you need Lightroom. It's just, it's amazing what you can do in post-production. Yeah. Do you do it on your phone or do you do it on your computer? I do it on my computer. Okay. Yeah. Same. But I know a ton of people who do it on Me their phone. Me too. And I just feel like I have way more control on my computer and there's way more things I can do. And I... I have to use Ryan a lot because he's like fully Adobe suite. That's what he does for work. So sometimes I won't be able to fix something or I have like overexpose the sky or something I'll be like help me yeah because there's so much you can do and it can be really difficult but so many YouTube tutorials and stuff I think teach that so yeah no it's definitely important to have like the right tools to create what you're looking for like it's not just taking a photo there's so much more that goes into it (laughs) so true (laughs) yeah um what would be the question that everyone asks you the most about Instagram. If you get DMs, like, I'm sure you get them. Yeah. Probably, like, honestly, how do you edit your photo? Like, how are your photos so colorful? And then the other one is probably, how do you grow your Instagram? Right. For sure, the most. Or it'll be like, where do you get those sneakers? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's funny because I don't think that there's, like, a secret answer, like, to especially the middle one, obviously, of how to grow your Instagram. I think we all have things that work for us, but... Right. I think people think there's like some magic secret and there just isn't. If there is, I don't know, someone tell me. Yeah, exactly. So, someone comment in this show notes and tell us. Yeah, how to if somebody knows the followers. secret, call me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so funny because we talked about this before we started recording. If we knew how to grow our followers, we would not be sitting here in Calgary. We would be at a beach in a pool all the with time. With a million followers. Yeah, no like, kidding. <laughs> we Honestly. would know. We would let you guys know. Yeah. Um, but how, what would you suggest to people who do ask you the question? What's your response to people who, 
like suggestions to like yeah. that can help you grow your following for sure which obviously are subjective some work better for other people depending on like totally what your brand is who you are as a person yeah and all of that but personally I think like first of all I try and remember that like in numbers you know your following doesn't matter so much if your engagement doesn't reflect it um and so I think that that's really important to remember and that there's a lot of power in being a micro influencer. You know, if you're under 50,000 followers, you, the people that do follow you are likely really engaged and you definitely have like a niche group of people that are listening to you. Um, and so, you know, don't be too stressed about that. I think things that I know work for sure, posting consistently. I don't think that you can post once a week or, you know, once every two weeks and expect to grow. I post daily, you know, maybe on the weekends I'll take one day off cause I don't find my engagement is as good. Um, that's definitely huge. I think it's really important to engage with other creators and similar accounts. You can't expect people to support you and comment on your stuff if you're not prepared to do the same. I think that's just a very selfish way to look at it. Right. So I spend a lot of time, you know, commenting, finding new accounts. I say hustle in the gram. Ryan's was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm hustling the gram. Like, just give me 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's like, it does take work. I don't think that you can assume you just post a photo and leave it and like that you just grow. Like I will spend, you know, 30 minutes at night just kind of going through responding to comments replying to people I think that's a huge thing and then people will be like hey check out this girl's account it's awesome you know and I'll do the same and then lastly I would say I think finding a cohesive editing style and the quality of your photos like good quality photos will speak for themselves no matter what if you post we all know sometimes we'll go to post a photo and I'll be like I know this photo will do well like there's just yeah there's something about it it's super eye-catching and it comes down to like I understand how the algorithm has changed things and you don't know if you're going to be at the top or whatever. Yeah. But if I'm scrolling by, like, is this photo going to jump out and make me want to stop? Right. You know? And think about that when you're, like, posting your stuff. If it's super, like, low quality or something, why would I stop to like it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And do you use an iPhone to take photos or are you using a DSLR? I usually shoot with my Canon. Um, and it's a point and shoot. It's the Canon EOS M100. Um, and that's sort of my preferred one. Like I will shoot on a phone if it's kind of all that I have handy, but I usually carry that phone with me just cause it's, or that camera with me cause it's pretty little, right. um, which is super nice. Yeah. So that's usually my pick, yeah. but I do think like phone cameras are so good these days that you can take an awesome photo yeah. on your phone. Especially the new like X. The 10. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. The one that yeah. just came out, the camera's unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah. So if you are fortunate enough to have a new phone. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need need a camera. It's true. (laughs) Um, What would you say is the next like trend in social media or what are you looking to, to like evolve your brand and like keep growing as social media grows? Um, I would say, you know, I always think for all we know, Instagram will just dissipate in a year. I mean, now that the founders have stepped down, I really don't know what'll happen. I read so many articles about that. People are like, it's dead. People are panicked. (laughs) I just think like, You know, for me, YouTube isn't my thing. Like, I haven't been too into jumping on the wave of doing videos and stuff. I've I've dabbled with it, and maybe I'll do it again. Um, I can't say that I, like, know exactly what the next wave or what it is that I see myself doing. I think, personally, I don't have, like, a goal of becoming a full-time influencer. And I think it's just because I enjoy my what I do for work so much as well. Um, and I think because of that, it gives me a little bit more freedom to feel less stress around, you know, needing to take all the contracts I can because you, you need it, you know? And I think that's actually one point that I would like to make is 
people a lot of the time will criticize like bloggers for doing sponsored posts and ads and stuff. And it's like, this is our job. Like a lot of people, this is what puts food on their table. And you know, you can still remain authentic by doing that, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's a new form of advertising. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, it's social media has always technically been influencing. Everyone is influencing everybody because they're posting the things that they're doing. So some people have just managed to monetize that, make it a job. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And so when people are like, I just want to become an influencer. It's like, well, just do it. Do you have more than one just follower? Then you are an influencer, if technically. You have some, yeah, honestly, I mean, if you have something to say, say it. Like, you can, you know, and if you are being authentic and no matter what, like, be be true to yourself. I always tell people, I'm like, if you are into, it doesn't even matter what you're into, there's a community of people that also are into the same thing. Totally. So, like, be, try and find something that makes you unique, you know, whatever that is. For me, it's, it's sneakers and travel. I mean, I know that doesn't make me the most unique person in the world, but like those are sort of my (laughs) things for you. It's fitness. Like find something that sets you apart a little bit, no matter what it is. Um, and the more niche you are, I actually think the easier it is to grow because you'll find like-minded people. Exactly. And then you're like, people are searching the hashtags you're using. You're not just doing hashtag fashion blogger or yeah, totally. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, Niche is good. Niche, niche is good. Yeah. yeah. I've actually heard, I've listened to tons of vloggers and everything and they're always just like, niche down. Like the day is not the day where we're all like lifestyle no. Martha Stewart. It's like you have to pick, pick and your choose, topic. be something. And then you're passionate about it too, because yes. people can tell when you're like, you're like, oh, I'm going to like, I used to do fashion, but I don't, I'm like, I'm wearing Lululemon's right now. Like <laughs> I was like, fashion was never a thing, yeah. but it just was like a thing that Instagram was doing. And I was like, okay, hey, I'll just like jump on board. Yeah. But it was never authentic. And like, yeah. when I finally started doing like fitness and like, this is how you wear Lululemons to like your everyday life. Yeah. You're like, like, this feels like me. Exactly. And so people do need to find something because like you said, you become way more authentic and people can tell then. Yeah. And you're not faking it because you're trying to be like some big account that you're like, you're not them. So it's not going to work out for you. Totally. Yeah. Um, Who are the people that you look up to in like the blogger Instagram world? Or who's just your favorite to follow? Even if they're not, like, role models. I love following Travel in Her Shoes, Eggie. Yes. She just, like, yeah. I just love her. I think she's really sweet. I find her very authentic. She's so lucky that her husband is, like, a world-renowned photographer. Seriously. <laughs> but she just seems like a good, kind person, and I love that. Um, and I love um, Officially Quigley as well. Yes. She's super cute. And then I think that my, like, number one favorite girl that I've always followed is Andy C. Singer. She has the coolest style. I'm obsessed with her. She's like my fashion icon. I pin everything she does. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would say those are kind of my picks. And then like for me, I'm really inspired by like founders and and business people and stuff. So I even love following like Miriam Alden who founded Brunette the Label. Yes. Um, well, I work with more obviously like tech centric companies. I just think it's crazy what she's done. Like Brunette the Label is a pretty simple concept and she's made it insane. And they're all about empowering women and it's just cool. Yeah. And they're selling crewnecks for like... $90 that say absurd amount blonde and, and people buy them and I'm like you go girls yeah like, I own you. like three of them yep. it's crazy I'm like you know what <laughs> if it works don't change it exactly like, I know it's so impressive yeah. that she's been able to do that yeah totally um what is a tool a resource or a like life hack that you would recommend it can be related to social media it can just be life in general i love medium.com um i use it a lot for work obviously because we'll share a lot of like we'll do a lot of interviews and stuff but you can find posts on anything from like blockchain and ai to you know being an influencer to like 
the 10 best stores in New York today. Like everything. So I would say um, that's such a good life hack because you can just like learn anything. And I think reading is so important. Um, so medium is probably like, I don't know if that's a life hack, but that's probably like my yeah. favorite kind of go-to. Yeah. And yeah. if you're going to waste time on the internet, you might as well learn something yeah. while you're at it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. And if people are not following you, yet which i'm sure most people are but where can they find you guys if you're not following me toss me a follow <laughs> um you can find me at beachy kj on instagram it's beach with a y and then kj honestly every time i say that out loud i just i just don't like my name but i feel like i'm too far in that i can't change it totally. you should start <laughs> telling people you're almost famous and it's the worst <laughs> the first time i said it out loud i was just like I was like, like, I'm mortified. Oh That's how I feel too. People are like, it's fine. And I'm like, I'm mortified. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I tried to change it too one time. And like, you can't change it. You can't change you're it. You're too far in. Exactly. Because yeah. people are like, oh, you're almost famous. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. You're BGKJ. I'm yeah. like, oh, God. Not like that happens to me all the time by any means. But like, <laughs> when people say it aloud to you, you're just like, <gasps> I'm like, oh, my God, I'm mortified. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that was a great choice. Yes. When I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to sit down with me and explaining all things Instagram and influencer. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Yeah, so fun. So uh, that is the end of this episode. So thanks everyone for listening and follow Catherine and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Rachel.